welcome to the space where creators have aligned a positive and intellectual collab of open minds. For sharing and learning from one another, it's a vibe. We produce a podcast on the mic. Subscribe, educators, spitting bars. I guess you didn't know I'm multifaceted and humble, taking off life goals. The classroom is my comfort zone where I plant and sow. Seeds of knowledge, compassion, empathy, and hope. Reading is the key to unlocking your potential. Countless benefits, including cognitive and mental. Regardless of the genre, books are highly influential. Go get yours, I'll get mine. Make you strive. Monumental. Come rock with me and get down to this new jam. Friends, I had a very simple plan. Educate the masses through books and life lessons. It's a grand slam. I'm out. Malo elele, fakalofalahiatu, talofalava, and welcome to the Reads of Rossa podcast. I'm very excited to introduce today's guest. She is the author of the recently released book, A New Dawn, Ta-da! <laughs> which is her Dawn Rage story. She is a consultant and editor for Lyft Education Publishers. She's an editor and writer for instructional series for schools, such as the Ready to Read series and the Two Push series, just to name a few. It is my honor to welcome to the show, <laughs> Mother educator and writer Emily Aholele Sione. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Hello, my lolele. <laughs> Man, it's so great to have you on the show and I honestly hope I didn't mess up any of your names there. So <laughs> no. forgive me, forgive me, Tongue community, if I messed up. So <laughs> um man, how are you? How how are you doing? How have you I'm been? good. I'm good. I, I have to admit, I was a little bit nervous because, um, you know, these interviews and um, just the whole whole journey so far has been kind of uh, amazing, but also overwhelming. So I'm happy to like talk away like I can talk, your, you know, the house down. But it's absolutely different when you're in, being interviewed and you, or you've got a, a camera or a microphone in front of your face. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, like my kids said to me, you know, just make sure you you cut me off. <laughs> I, I, I won't do that. No, no, no. Like honestly, yeah, that's what we're doing here. We're keeping it organic. We're just we're just two friends just catching up, you know, after a very long time. So I do appreciate your time. I know weekends are definitely family time. So this this means a lot. And I've been I've been looking forward to this for so long. Me, I know me too. You know, watching everything um since the book dropped and seeing all the interviews that you've been doing with Dahlia and we'll talk more about mm. that in the podcast mm. interview yeah I mean I've been just so proud watching everything unfold and <laughs> so I've been like waiting for this moment I was like my turn is coming my turn is coming you know we oh. gotta let them do all the official stuff first so yeah thank you for being here oh Emily. thank you for having me <laughs> thank you for having me honestly it's an honor uh so this is the part of the show where I ask our guests just to you know, before we launch into it, uh, please give us a short introduction, shout out yep. your villages and your, your, your <laughs> family, your people. Yeah. Go ahead. So my name is Emily Aholele Sione. Aholele is my maiden name that I was born with, and Sione is my married name. I was born in Alofi, in a Liverpool Hospital, the old Liverpool Hospital, and um, migrated to New Zealand when I was really young, around three years old. Uh, migrated to New Zealand, uh, Auckland. So I grew up in Auckland, in central Auckland, so live between uh, Ponsonby and Grayland, mm. um, where my family still reside now. So basically we've lived in Grayland for, uh, well, 
uh, Central Auckland for about 45 years and in Greyland for 38 years. So, and I, of course, um, met a Wellingtonian and then moved down here to uh, Wellington in 2002 where I started work as an editor slash project manager for uh, mm. Learning Media, what was known as a publishing company called Learning Media. Mm. And yeah, so I've been here since and then uh, decided around about 2010 to go into just contract work because so, we had our first child and basically my children always, you know, we always put them first. So I've worked around them and that's mm. why I've been able to be a consultant editor and do contract work and as well as write um, yeah. for Lift Education, for the Ministry of Education, but also have done some work for departments of education in the Pacifica in Pacific. Yeah. That's and that's amazing. me in a nutshell. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, like when I was researching, because, you know, <laughs> have to do some research on the guests, don't want to be that guy who just rocks up and just makes it up. But, you know, like I was so, I was really intrigued by this, you know, like the work that you do uh, with Lift Education, but even mm. the ministry, you know, I was like, I found ESOL uh, resources, oh, yeah. you know, instructional yeah. books. Mm. And I was like, how did you get into that? Because I know that, um, you yeah. know, books and education, super, super yeah. important. I mean, were you a teacher before you got no. into that? Or was it more, you were just always involved with books? and? So um, while I was finishing off my master's at um, Auckland University, uh, I got a phone call from Wellington and... Um, Learning Media there, Ma uh, Margaret Smith, my one of my first bosses, and Don Long, another um, uh, boss as well as my mentor. And I was finishing off my master's in uh, bilingualism, literacy development and bilingualism. Mm. So, you know, having um, the mother tongue or being strong in one language and being able to transfer those those skills into another language. And, um, yeah, they approached me and asked me to apply for a job, which was the uh, editor slash project manager role for what was known as the Pacifica resources, language resources, mm -hmm. which was Tupu. And that was published in five um, Pacifica languages, which was uh, Cook Islands Māori, Nguyen, mm. uh, Samoan, Tukalau and Tongan. And I just thought, oh, hey, you know, at the time, my boyfriend's in Wellington. Mm. <laughs> Might as well kill, you know, two birds with one stone. So I went for the job and um, I got it and decided to make the move down so you know I never thought I'd get into publishing I was more wanting to get to get into the more the policy side of education the uh, mm. psychology side of education trying to make a, a difference in those areas but uh, mm. you know obviously God had different plans and um, brought me down to Wellington and then that's when I started working in publishing and and you know books that you see in school like yeah ready to read and you're like oh my gosh is this how you make books because there's an assumption that you just get a story you like it put some pictures together and then there's a book but there's a whole different process and of course with publishing there's the educational side and then there's the trade side and there's oh. guidelines for both so yeah so that's how I got into um, producing those resources uh, and producing, yeah, publishing, publishing work, yeah. That's amazing. Like, I, I've never met anyone who does what you do. So I was oh. just so intrigued that I was just like, mm. oh, my God, are there more of you? You know, because then, like, are you, do you connect, like, through that work, are you connecting 
like are you sending people out into the community to mm. to you know because you mentioned guidelines yeah, which means yeah. that books should have certain elements to it so yeah what how much of a like are you the one that kind of oversees all of that um and make sure you follow the gui guidelines or are you the person that kind of like sends out people into the community to meet yeah. with community leaders and you know getting that authentic feedback mm. like what I'm sorry, I'm excited, but can no, no, that's okay. Kind of like, yeah, take so us through that a little bit. So the whole process is um, so with educational uh, publishing, mm -hmm. you either have your story sent in. So you, as a writer, you write a story and you send it in. Or what we have been doing lately is commissioning. So we'll we've got a pool of writers. And we're always looking for new Pacifica writers. We're always looking for um, Pacifica contributors because we also need um, illustrators and we need photographers. We need people to, you know, to make, to, in order to make Pacifica content or Pacifica language resources authentic, we need as many Pacifica people to work on it. So the process is, you know, for example, uh, we commission somebody we have an idea based on what the um, criteria is or what the theme is for that time. And then we'll reach out to our Pacifica writers or to our uh, general writers who contribute, and then they'll write a story. And what we what then happens is they send it in to the editor. So that's normally a series editor or an edit, one of the editors that's been allocated to work on that project. And they will mold it and shape that text because it usually comes at text stage, molds and shapes it into what we think is a pretty good draft. Mm. We send it back to the writer and we go, "What do you reckon?" And they can, and it kind of and sometimes it comes back and forth. And but we still have to have those guidelines because with educational um, publications, there's still things that we have to keep within, and and it's it kind of sounds a little bit sad, but you have to kind of. It's in a box, mm. unfortunately, because you've got to make sure that it's not racist. You've got to make sure that it's not sexist. You've got to make sure that mm. it's gender balanced because, you know, um, there's a lot of changes that have happened over time. You've got to make sure that um, there's nothing that's going to offend religious groups. Uh, you've got to make sure that um, someone who's going to read it is going to not going to be so overly offended by it that it affects them. So those are some mm. of the things that we have to think about. We don't always get it right, and that's the honest truth. We some, we've had some times when we um, we've kind of got it wrong, and we've have and we have to own it. It's important that you own it, and we try and fix it. With trade publishing, mm. it's a little bit better because the ocean is wide, and your you still keep your guidelines and um and you know in, in the front of your of your mind, but at the same time you're able to push the boundaries. You're able to kind of, um, yeah, just really push those boundaries and challenge people and get them to think and get them to start talking about stuff. Both both sides of publishing should both do the same as well in, in their yeah, kind of guidelines. I hope I'm making sense here. So. Oh, my God, I'm so I'm so, <laughs> like, you've got me. I'm, like, so engaged in this. So, please, um, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting some stories to come from you about this conversation. Oh, you know I'm, I'm so curious to know, like, let's say someone's listening and they're yeah. also intrigued by this and it's, yeah, they're excited and they want to know more about this. Like, how yeah. would one get into such a role? Like, what qualifications would you need to study yeah. uh, to gain to be in this industry, like, to be part of that? 
Well, so in Wellington, um, there are a couple of um, publishing um, courses that we have, and the the one that I've been had the opportunity to work through is held at Fitelia, and they have a publishing um, course, and it looks at you know what you do as an editor, it looks what you do as a publisher, um, and just goes through the process. And so I think it's really important uh, to have a good level of English, mm. um, but also if you have you know, another language like, you know, Pacifica language or Te Reo, that's even better. Um, the other thing is also that I feel that's important is life experience. Sometimes mm -hmm. if you, um, I think sometimes that's one of the blessings or one of the advantages that you sometimes have over um, Balangi is mm -hmm. that if you have that life experience, but also um, Pacifica or um, in your community that they're trying to reach, that's a plus because mm. then you're not having to uh, go out, like reach out to a million and one people because you already got that connection. So one of the things that I have is that even though I'm consultant editor and I look at stuff, if there are things that I think, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure mm. about this, then I'll go and ask the pool of people that I have and I've worked with over the years to make sure, can you just check this and the thing that you have to understand sometimes when you're developing resources in New Zealand is the experiences here are slightly different from a Pacifica person living in America, Pacifica person living in um, Australia, England. Um, there's similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that you know that and bring that to the to the development of that resource because one I'll share an example. And one of them was um, the use of the word papa. So mm. in our family, or well, that I've heard in New Zealand growing up, the use of the word um, papa is for grandfather. And just in the last recent years, I've just, you know, seen stories that where papa, and my, my brother is called this, he's dad, but his daughter calls him papa. And so, you know, when that comes up in a story, it's really important to put a little note in the book to say, while we we know that Papa is associated with Grandpa, mm -hmm. it is also associated with um, an endearment for your dad or even right. an uncle or someone close to you. And so, and and you know, in the past, we've never been able to do that. We've we've just produced the book and it put it out, but it's been a lot more explanations and just trying to help people understand why there's a little bit of a difference even within Pacifica groups as well so yeah mm. so yeah good level of English but also um yeah just a love for books love yeah. for yeah and love for kids as well you know your audience yeah knowing your audience as well mm. man mm. I'm, I'm just wow <laughs> Honestly, it's just this is so new to me, and I'm I'm glad I got to ask mm. this question and and to hear you share because I'm sure there are people tuning in and yep. they it's probably their first time to hear you know uh, you yep. know uh, the process and development of such mm. resources, mm. You know, educational resources, super important. I want to get uh, we're going to come back to this, but I do yep. want to talk about fam. If you are watching us right now or you are listening, I mean, you know, I've been dropping this all the time. Like I've been sharing a new dawn. I mean, I'm so grateful to Dahlia. Um, mm. I am writing my review and I'm going to drop the review next week cool. before we drop your episode yep. um, for this. 
Yeah, man, this is. <laughs> you must be so proud. I am. I of am. Yourself, um, of yourself. Mm. Like, oh. first and foremost. <laughs> no, because, you know, authors, they don't really like to acknowledge their own. You know, it's about the collective. It's about the village. Yeah. It's about everyone behind them. But before yeah. we launch into <laughs> the importance of this educational resource, the value in this, mm. I just want to say you must be so proud of yourself. Um, I am. I, I've, yeah, um, like you said, you know, it's that whole humility thing. And as Pacifica, we're, you know, and we and I do that, you know, anyway, um, you celebrate with your village, you do celebrate with your family and your people. Um, and so yeah, I am proud. Um deep inside. Good. Like, you know, honestly, now I just wanted to I wanted to I wanted you to make that clear before we begin, before yep. I get into the questions. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I just that's okay. Because no, because it's funny because I've written I've written books already, as I said before, mm. and this is of course you know the first one that's kind of really out there, mm. and so I've had to re readjust my right. thinking, you know, yeah. and going oh you know, and when people say well well done well done, and I have to go oh thank you thank you so much, yeah. but really I'm like. Yeah, yeah, like, oh my God. yeah well uh, as you've mentioned i mean just with in your work as well like you've you're an editor publisher mm. all that but you also write you've you know as you mentioned with with your mm. role uh, the work that you do you have written many mm. of these resources which was exciting when i was like googling <laughs> and researching you i was like wow okay so this is the other side to your writing but let's yeah. talk about um a new yep. dawn so mm -hmm. your book was released on the first of august yep. uh this year yeah um and if you follow dahlia malay ulu um mm. mila's books on instagram on twitter yeah uh, you know we've been putting this on blast you know it's 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 totally out there super important uh, this was released one year after uh, the Dawn Raids apology from mm. the New Zealand government. So um, for those who don't know, or those, maybe those from yeah. who are not from New Zealand, uh, a year ago, what, August 1st, 2021, a year after, it was basically the New Zealand government, they offered a formal apology to mm. Pacific uh, Pacifica communities uh, for the discriminatory implementation of the immigration laws of the 1970s that led to the events of the dawn raids mm. so you know my question to you uh emily is you watched the apology mm. uh what were you thinking uh what were you feeling as um, you watched mm. that well i actually cried um mm. sorry i don't mean to get emotional i still do mm. um and i thought of my grandparents um, I thought especially of my grandfather and I just sat there quietly listening and then I thought of my parents and um, I just felt um, that it was needed because the thing is I can only speak for myself and I can only speak for my experience. Everybody else will either have similar um experiences or different experiences because the thing about the dawn raids is a lot of it happened during you know the early hours of the morning but it also happened throughout the whole day so mm. you know and people don't really get to hear that um so yeah I just thought of them and then it just took me back to that time and I cried and I, I remember saying to Dahlia that the healing has to start 
Um, I can choose to hold on to the guilt that I felt. And I felt that guilt for a really long time. In fact, it was, I don't know how to explain this, but it was so um, deep inside and I was getting on with life. And then every time I saw something to do with the dawn raids, it would trigger, it would trigger me. And I'd either be in a you know um, good mood or bad mood or upset about things because I started seeing having these visions or these memories and um I even asked myself oh my gosh you know what I'm you know are, are these just dreams or you know just stuff you know that that's just popping into my head and it wasn't until after the um a certain time in life about five or six years ago I thought hang on a minute I've got to sit down and I've got to actually really think about this mm. and then when the apology came I just knew you know um it's time because the, the the story itself has been in progress for the last few years, five, six years ago. Right. And and it's just has gone through its changes. Mm. And um yeah, and then after that I just thought the time is right because five or six years five, six years ago I approached a publisher and asked if they would consider it. And rightly so, um, they said, Oh, we don't think it's the right time. We, you know, I don't, we don't think that New Zealand's ready for it. And seriously, I go, when is New Zealand ever ready for anything that has to do with their dark history? Anything that is in, you know, remotely associated with pain that they cause people, you know, the government. And, um, and so I, I was, a dis I was disappointed, but I let it sit. And then, um, yeah, Late last year, I had a chat with um, Dahlia, mm. and I remember saying to her, um, hey, I've written this, there's a few drafts, and I've written it, and I've submitted it to um, a publisher, And um, but have a look, because what one of the things about publishing and when you've got colleagues is that we share our stories. So Dahlia sometimes shares things with me, and I share things with her. So I just had to let her have a look over it. And she had a look over it. She goes, right, when you're ready, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll get it. We'll, you know, I really want to publish this. And I had to actually sit and think about it um, because, you know, it's a very, to me, it's a very deep story. Um, I'm actually putting my family on full blast. Um, and I just knew that there could be a positive reaction and a negative reaction. So, and just with the um, that apology that came, I just knew right, this is the time. And so we, yeah, the work's pretty much getting it together and developing it fully to what it is now. Um, yeah. How do you deal? <laughs> how do you heal? How do you heal? How do you deal? And how do you yeah. heal? You yeah, know, like, well, I guess. To, so it's really interesting because it's made me actually stop and look at my life in the last, so I'm 48 years old and I came when I was roughly about eight years old to New, I mean, not eight, three years old to New Zealand. So I've been in New Zealand for about 45 years and I've looked over my life over that time. And there are, you know, my early um the early, probably the early 20s, my early 20s, probably right up to my 30s, actually before I had my children, um, I was 
an angry person. I remember my husband, when we first started going out, he said, why do you have such a big chip on your shoulder? And I just thought to myself, don't be ridiculous. You know, I don't have a big chip on my shoulder. But it's interesting because after I had my kids and that kind of, to me, my husband might disagree, but to me, it kind of softened me up a bit because I now had children to be responsible for and how I act and how I speak and all of those things, they, they're watching me. And when I look back, I, I just realized, wow, um, I was an angry person and I lashed out a lot. I was angry. But then I went to university and my eyes opened up because, you know, as Pacifica, you're taught that you don't challenge Balangi yeah. people, you yeah. don't challenge your, your um, adults, you don't challenge the church, yeah. you know, everything that happens to do with God, everything, you believe it, you live it, you breathe it. Um, I went to university and I was allowed to be a critical thinker. I was allowed to be angry at the way that I was treated as a Pacifica person growing up in New Zealand. Um, the, the, you know, the racist words that I used to be called. And I just want to make something really clear because mm. it wasn't just racism towards towards me from Pacifica, but it was even from my own, Pacif um, I mean, from, Bas not Pacifica, from Balangis, but mm. it was even from my own people, Pacifica right. people, because that was, it was almost like the environment that we were growing up in, you know, it's the us against them. Yep. And, um, you know, we should be together, but really not together because we've got our own, own worries. Levels of elitism, right? There's yeah, so many yeah. levels and aspects yeah, absolutely. of our own cultures and absolutely. religions that us up to be like you have to be successful but you yeah. have to do it this way which is kind yeah. of that western yeah. eurocentric construct yeah. but then yeah. you can't be too good because then you're being bots right oh, you can't absolutely. be like can't be going to uni and question to say oh sorry carry yeah. on carry no, no. on I get but, you. It, it, I get but you. it's true because <laughs> you couldn't go to university and bring home what you learned yeah. because you're a fear poco you're a fear poto yeah. you know yeah. I had um family saying oh you know, Emily, don't get too big, you know, you know, your shoes and, you know, you just remember where you came from. Mm. And I'm like, you're constantly reminding me and I constantly remember, you know, where I'm coming from. But what made me try and turn that ang anger and um, push through to fight or um, advocate or even just prove a point that as Pacifica, we're intelligent people. We, you know, we can speak for ourselves. We can fight for ourselves. And that was when um, a family member made a comment to my mum saying, oh, because mum ended up being a solo mum when I was about 10 years old and raised six kids by herself. The impact of what happened to our family when my grandfather left was massive on our, you know, on our family because dad had always relied as in terms of my interpretation and what I saw growing up was grandpa was the man of the house. He was the one that kept the family together. And when you take that out and you realize, oh my gosh, I now have to be responsible. I have to be a father. And and that was hard on him. And um and at the time, you know, I was angry, but as I got older and I got to talk to him more and fully understand what he had to cope with it was massive it was a it, massive responsibility and so um I just remember thinking to myself you already get a hard enough time 
from other members of your family and you know other members of the family we're already getting a hard enough time being pacifica trying to survive in um new zealand because i was also i'm half new and half tongan mm. and then you've got to ch- survive in the balangi world so there's three different worlds that we're trying to f- try to fit into and so um hearing this person say to my mom oh you know what your kids are just going to grow up and be you know like you a solo mum on the benefit and I just thought to myself you're one of ours you should be supporting us we should be supporting one another and uplifting one another not you know pounding you down to the ground um, because you think you're having a bad day and I just remember saying to my mum that day I said I promise you mum that I will make you proud. I promise you that I will work hard to look after you and and the kids. And that just drove me and it's continued to drive me to this, you know, to this day. Um, And that's just something that's pushed me to try and, you know, um, help my kids, my own children about what it means in terms of your responsibility to your family, um, your, uh, the resilience that our people have come through. Because to me, we're, we're resilient people. My grandparents got taken away and they could have stayed away, but they ended up to coming, going through like years of having to go through the proper process and getting their paper to come back to New Zealand mm-hmm. um, and, and stayed in New Zealand until they passed away. Um, grandma passed away last year and grandpa passed away over 10 years ago. So, yeah, so that, that, has just driven me and and along the way I've had to allow myself to be healed turning the anger and the pain into something positive um, as a tool to say right what am I going to do you know I'm going to go to university Um, I'm going to work and whatever that job is because we always go go to university it's the way out well Mm. actually not really Um, Mm. as you've got an older some of our amazing people have not gone to university and are successful business people, successful people. So mm. it's about what you take out of life and it's about what you take in terms of your knowledge um, and really, you know, steaming ahead. And and that's how I've, I've come to where I am today. And my focus has always been, um, you know, my family. Mm. It was mum, dad, the kids you know my extended family then my children came with my husband and they've just added to the village excuse me the big village that I'm privileged and honored to be part of so yeah Mm. you know (laughs) you're doing fine by the way you're doing fine (laughs) you're doing great actually you know uh there is a um a Tongan version of the book uh I hope I don't mess this up Go e pongi pongi for all. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, did I? Uh, my apologies, yep. Tongan community. If yep. I said that wrong, no, no, uh, that's there correct. is a Tongan version of this book. Tell us why it was important to have that Tongan version. So, a few reasons. Um, one, because it was my Tongan grandparents, and the other reason is because. Um, we wanted it to reach out to our Tongan community because, as you know, during the dawn period, they were taking people who uh, were from Tonga, from Samoa, from Fiji, and all of those countries, or those three countries, don't sit under New Zealand governorship. Right. They rule on their own. 
Mm. And so the relationship between uh, Cook Island, Newhere, and um, Tokelau is right. different because they sit They're under the... New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Access and to then of course, and, yeah. yeah, and so, of course, with Tonga and, and Samoa, we don't have that... So we don't have that um, that protection. We didn't mm. have that protection. We still don't. Well, in terms of the um, paper, you know, the immigration right. paperwork. So, but we... Yeah, and Dahlia said, you know, let's do a um, Tongan version because it is based on your Tongan grandparents and we want people such as my dad, whose English is a second language, and the version that we gave him was the Tongan version. And I have to admit, I was really, really nervous, mm. so nervous. Um, he, We launched the book on the first, not the first, sorry, we launched the book on, a, you know, um, the own launch uh, time. Right. And my dad rang the next day and he cried and he cried and he cried. He cried because the story was produced, but it brought back a lot of memories. He read he read the story and then he rang me and he was over the moon. <laughs> so it was different emotions. Mm. Um, yeah, and my mum. So the great thing about my parents is that dad is – uh, Tongan, but he's also part Nguyen because his mum's half Nguyen. Mm. So, and mum's Nguyen. But they both speak um, each other's languages fluently. And mum speaks Nguyen, Tongan, dad Nguyen, Tongan, and mum speaks, of course, English really well. Mm. So I'm quite privileged to have. And so the work that I did in terms of my studies at university, I had my parents who were my educators. They were the ones who taught me at home. So, though I uh, could have done a little bit better in my <laughs> language development. <laughs> Man, that's, that's so I apologize cool. to the Tongan community and the New York community. Don't ask me. No. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so that's why, um, yeah, we really wanted it to be in Tongan as well, so that those who couldn't read the English version could also read the Tongan version. Yeah. You know, this book is. I love the illustrations. I want to talk about, oh, I want yes. to come back to, I want to come back and let's uh, just have a break from, you know, uh, yep. talking about your experience yep. and why the story was written. Yep. Uh, because I want to mention, uh, because you've already mentioned Dahlia. Yeah. I would like to shout out Mila's books, Dahlia Malay Ulu. <laughs> I mean, she knows I'm such a fangirl. It's so bad. <laughs> Like, you I'm know like, what? I'm She's like, got like, lots of fans. I've spoken to so many uh, of them. Yeah, and I, they've I, been I'm, amazing, like just like you. <laughs> you know, I love her heart for 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 Pacifica, for mm. children's books, you know, yeah. for Atamati. And I was absolutely stoked when I learned that she was behind you, alongside, mm. you know, beside you, mm. you know, pushing you through this journey. Um, you know. In terms of publishing, she is the owner of Mila's books. Uh, tell me what it was. Well, first of all, first of all, before we talk about the amazing team, your friendship with Dahlia, yes. the importance of that in terms of this, this, and 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 <laughs> I don't well, know. It's, it's really, well, it's really interesting that the journey that uh, Dahlia and I have because. Um, Dahlia's sister, Mel, Melanie, so we were friends first. So okay. Mel and um, her husband, Tony, went to university with my husband, George. And 
Mel messaged me and said, hey, look, my sister is looking into wanting to publish, you know, write and publish some books. And she said, is it all right if she gets in touch with you? Because I was already working in the publishing world. So um, Dahlia got in touch with me, had a chat with me about what she wanted to do and um, had to look over some paperwork with her. And so because of that, we started talking to each other and she said, oh, you know, can you have a look at this and see what you think? And I go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Well, maybe change that. And, yeah, and from there, because of her passion and her love for wanting to develop resources for Basifika, because the thing is with trade, with um, educational resources is that we publish them. Mm. They go out to schools or educational institutions and they go to the library and unless you're a teacher or educator or anyone right. to do with schools and you know those resources, but they're not out in the public. Mm. And when you go into a library, you couldn't see resources that children or even as parents or Basifika, you could identify with or, you know, oh, there's a book. It's about, you know, Basifika people. Mm. Um, and so, yes, so started the journey for, you know, um, Dahlia and with Mila's books and she she can talk to you about her journey. I don't want to go yeah, into I'm, that I'm, area. I've, yeah, I've really so. like heard it, but <laughs> and I then, love yeah. <laughs> And then we um yeah, so we've been I've been doing some work for her as well as doing some work for um Lift Education and, and it and then yeah, then we've this is our first book that we've worked together and I believe that I'm her first author that she's yes. published under Mila's books. Yeah. And it was great because when we were talking <laughs> When we were talking about the book, I, you know, I didn't want it to be just a book about my experience because we both have educational backgrounds. We wanted it to be a book that um, educated people about what the Dawn Raids was, um, the experiences that Basifika went through. And it's it's just like a jigsaw puzzle or a timeline. And because, you know, Dahlia um, added her bits in at the end, it just flowed. And... So you've got the Dawn Raids, you've got Polynesian Panthers, you've got yes. the Apology, and then you've got the example of someone who's lived and breathed it and has is here today to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, that's my experience, and others haven't spoken about it. It's, and it's interesting because I spoke to a friend of mine, and she said her dad went through it, but he doesn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's their choice, that's their... Um, you know, and I cannot fully understand it because I was at that stage too. Didn't want to really talk about it or relive it. But I've, yeah, just wanted to get it out there for the kids. But that's how okay. our relationship, yeah. And we're working on some other projects coming up together, which is really exciting. I'm may excited. I, say. I can't <laughs> but I'm wait. Not, I'm not going to go too much into it because, again, <laughs> I'm so excited to hear that. Um, and I really, I wanted to ask you, um, because the illustrations in here are amazing, I wanted to ask you about what it is like to work. I mean, obviously through your work, that's a yeah. different space in which you do have a pool of amazing mm. Basifika people to, you know, pull from, but I work yep. with. Um, but in terms of, you know, you've got Dahlia there, you've got Darcy Solia, you've got, you know, Illustrator, you've got Liz Tui Morris. I mean, yeah. tell us about this amazing, amazing team, team. And, and the value <laughs> of having all Pacifica doing this well, together. I think the great <laughs> thing about it is, you know, um, excuse me, is authenticity. 
it's produced by um you know res the resources are produced by pacifica for pacifica and it's not just for the kids, it's also for their families because we're all learning together. You know, you've got Darcy who um, does illustrations, but he's also a teacher and he's been teaching for a while. You've got Liz who is um, a graphics designer and she's been around for a long time and she co-owns a design company um, herself. And the thing is also with Liz is that uh, Liz is my um, eldest daughter's godmother and is named after her so Liz interviewed me <laughs> for my job at Learning Media so she was oh, there wow. as part of yeah as part of the Pacifica group there and we had an amazing group there so and then of course you've got the wonderful and amazing Dahlia who's the leader of this whole you know the vision we just fit in with that vision and um and when we go out into our families, into our own communities. The work doesn't stop when we come right. together. It continues when we go out, um, just how we talk about it and um, and how we share our experiences. And the other thing is also what's so great is that we're, even though I came to New Zealand at a young age, I'm still, a, um, we're all still children of immigrants to New Zealand. And you know, the story goes, that our Pacifica people came to New Zealand for a better life, hmm. for for better opportunities and better outcomes. And we, us four, are products of that, you know, hmm. um, and including yourself. I want to talk about this line from um, the book, and it says, um, I soon discovered that New Zealand yeah. was only the land of milk and honey for the fair skin. Now, I, I want to talk about that line because, mm. well, actually, let's talk about that line first and then I'll, I'll add my yep. other question. Yep. That really hit me, man. Like, I was like, okay, <laughs> I cannot be crying before I get on this plane. Like, come on yeah. now. But it, it, it kind of, it, I'm sure, you know, obviously, as you've already said, this is your experience. Mm. But I'm sure when people read this, that they, it resonates Mm. man this, this yeah yeah it hit me right here <laughs> well it's because you know we're encouraged to go and get a good ed education right we're mm. encouraged that if you go and get a good education that's going to guarantee you to have a good job that's going to guarantee you to have a good life um you know and have all of these materialistic things but that's not always the case i mean i soon discovered straight away that even with two degrees, I, the job, you know, some of the jobs that I really wanted to be part of, I wasn't going to get for all sorts of reasons, but sometimes it was blatant and it was straight up. I was just not the right color. And to make it a little bit even worse, I was a female mm. and I was way too clever. You know, you're, you're needing someone who is going to roll with you, right. but not challenge you. Right, got to be the I, yes person, right? The yeah. yes person. And I, I, I'll be, I'll be a yes person if it's going to benefit everybody. Mm. Um, but I won't be a yes person if it devalues me as a person and what I bring to the table, mm. um, and makes me be someone that I'm not. Um, in everything that I try and do, and always remember, I'm Pacifica first and foremost. Um, and that I am a woman, and that's something that I absolutely cannot change. 
But when you come at me and you try to make me change my way of thinking so that it can benefit you when it actually is not going to benefit the community that you're supposed to be serving, then I would rather, you know, walk away. Or at other times I've tried to fight the power, and I've, and I, you know, fight the power. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you have to. You have to be that person who stands out um, and, and say things that are really uncomfortable for people mm. um, because – I was, you know, there's that image of the lion mm. and then there's the cub and you got to remember who's watching you mm. all the time because I just want to know that when I leave, when I go, when it's time for me to go, that my kids will be confident in who they are. They will be um, strong in the person that they identify as and not feel that they have to keep quiet every time um, they feel uncomfortable in their heart. Um, and that's, yeah. And I've met a lot of kids like that. I've met a lot of adults like that. And it's about working with them to try and change that mentality. Not always all of them want to listen, but heaps of them do too. So that, that line, yeah, I remember that. Because when you talk, when you started saying it, I thought that has to be page number mm. 22 because yeah, because you, you're made to feel like that. And sometimes I think some Balangi people don't realise that they're doing it until you point it out to them and they go, oh, I apologise, I didn't mean it to be like that. And so how do you work together to be able to help you be educated to know I'm not going to do that again the next time? Um, yeah. Yeah. I hope I've answered your question. <laughs> you just going around, round. No, you're, no, I'll, no, I'm just quiet because I'm just taking it <laughs> in. I'm, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and stuff. I'm thinking about, yeah. you know, education spaces, you know, spaces in which education is like, like in the classroom, in yeah. educational institutions. It's, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Like I, I think like. It is hard. You know, I, I work at an international school. So, you know, ever since 2020, uh, like the pandemic, you know, started and, you know, international schools have been called out uh, for systemic racism, for um, just unjust practices in terms of hiring, not, not hiring of, uh, you know, BIPOC mm. folks who are more than qualified. You know, I think, as you're talking, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. about it because, you know, um, in terms of international school spaces and it's, you know, obviously coming from New Zealand, you know, I have my experience there. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever I come home to New Zealand, like, you know, like I feel like, oh, you know, like, yeah. you know, when you walk into a shop and then you yeah. see them looking in the mirror to, you know, it's those types of like things, you know, they're following you around the store or the way it's that those people converse, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. converse with you in this, you know, yeah. as opposed to other, you know, those mm. things, whenever I come home to New Zealand, I'm always reminded of that, you know, yeah. people's behavior. And I yeah. realize, oh God, it's still the same, yeah. you know, in, in a lot of yeah. places. Um, yeah. And then obviously living in Japan, you know, there are many New Zealand educators here. There's like a lot of experts. Mm. 
uh, many teachers who are, you know, they've worked here for many years and, you know, they're well respected, you know, Pacifica, you know, they're respected and they're because, you know, they know that if you're here working in Japan, you know, you've got the qualifications, you know, it's not necessarily you're an assistant language teacher. I mean, they're, these are people yeah. who are working in, yeah. you know, high schools and universities and things like that. So, and then when you work in an international school on top of that, yeah. um, it's just difficult to navigate spaces where the dominant culture is still very, you know, like with the whole systemic racism and yeah. anti-racism education and, you know, the, yeah. all this talk about diversity and equity and inclusion mm. and justice mm. and liberation for all you know all of that mm -hmm. is it's easy to talk about and well maybe not easy it's easy to drop buzzwords right yeah as edu yes. in educational spaces but yeah it's the action it's yeah you know it's actually seeing mm. is, is anything really being done or is it just a lot of talk so yeah it's been such an interesting experience it's, it's 2022 right oh for real and like, some of the mm. stuff that I've described in the book was found mm. years ago. It's still happening now. Mm. You talk about, um, and it's fantastic you talked about those things because that's been some of my conversations, and in fact, a lot of my conversations in the last few weeks, even before um, A New Dawn was produced. And that's, you know, um, the stigmas that Pacifica people still have, you know, mm. the tags that we have, you can't, um, walk into a certain shop in Newmarket without right. people following you, right. without, or even Ponsonby, without people looking at you and thinking, oh, you know, this person's going to steal. Let's mm. just watch them. I mean, I remember, but the thing is, it's not just in New Zealand. So my husband and I went to Spain a few years ago, 2007. Mm. He was, because he follows football and he loves mm. football and he loved and followed Barcelona. So we decided to go to Barcelona um, and we ended up staying in this little area called Fontana. And I just thought to myself, yay, fantastic. But oh my gosh, I've felt racism in New Zealand, mm. but the way that I felt the racism in Spain was a whole different level. Um, mm. They refused to serve us and exchange our money in the bank. This guy just laughed and just, it was yeah, it was horrible. I got you know the daggers, like the mm. daggers, because it was summertime, and when it's summertime, I go really dark, mm. and so that did not help at all. And then we went into the shop, um, got followed, went into the Barcelona football sports shop. My husband went in to get changed, and the and the security guard went and laid on the floor and looked underneath to see what he was doing. And I just thought, I can't believe this. And their explanation was so many immigrants come to Spain and they steal. And because we're the color of the immigrants, right. they just thought, oh, you're, you're immigrants. And I just thought, these poor people, you know. Um, I, absolutely, I, I love Spain. I loved everything about it. But it was just that feeling of, you know, you're different um, and you're having to fight to say, well, I'm just a tourist. I'm, but that feeling that you're having to fight and to prove yourself, mm. that still exists in New Zealand. Even like um, here, like there are days when um, I question myself and go, oh my gosh, am I good enough for that job? And to be honest with you, when I wrote this book, and Dahlia will tell you, I just thought, oh, is that 
book okay? You know, mm -hmm. I questioned myself and what I had worked with her to develop. Um, yeah, 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 Ben, I know exactly how you feel. Just the, the, yeah, the system is still any system, the health system, mm. the education system, the housing system, mm. anything that includes our people is still very racist. It, there's still that invisible divide, um, that invisible divide. divide yeah. Like. yeah. And an invisible, let's have, the, this is our criteria. We, we don't see it, but mm. it's there. We know it's there. Um, when people, when our, some of our people apply for houses, mm. okay, uh, Islander, brown person, got too many kids, don't think you're going to be able to pay for the rent, you're a single mm. mother, just things like that. And, um, yeah, another, yeah, example, I think I always talk about this and I need to stop. I was the um, on the board of trustees for my children's school and I was elected the as the board chair and I was the first woman, woman of colour in Pacifica descent. And I can tell you the feeling, there was excitement from some people and it was blatant, oh, my gosh, mm. what is this person doing? Can she lead our school? Mm. And you can look at it and go, oh, you know, they didn't have confidence in me. But for me as a brown person, my mind started working overtime. Overtime it's like, okay, you don't have faith in me and it's not because you don't think I can to do the job. It's because one I'm brown, and two, I'm a woman. And I just thought I could either not accept it and back down, but I didn't. I actually took the job, and I thought, well, I'm sorry, you're going to be stuck with me for a little bit longer because <laughs> I was not there for you. I was there right. for the kids. It's always mm. been about the kids. And as I said before, there are kids watching me, and if I back down and give up, mm. then – They'll do the same. It's like, oh, I'll just sit back. It's okay. I'll be the good little mm. island person, girl, woman, and I'll sit very quietly and I won't say mm. anything. And the unfortunate thing is, and I know that some people are going to watch this and feel uncomfortable and angry about it, but we get that from our own people, our own yep. men. And, you know, um, if you want us to continue on and continue to be in spaces mm. uh, that our people deserve to be in, then you need to trust us and you need to support us and help us because when we go in, we're not going in as individuals. We're mm -hmm. going in knowing that behind us, and this is what I love about the, some of the images with uh, with Tao Māori, with Māori, is that your ancestors are right behind you. Mm. You know, they were right behind you and there's that saying, we stand on the, the shoulders of giants. And I'm not wasting their time standing on their shoulders for nothing. Mm. I'm not, um, you know, they didn't come to New Zealand. Our people didn't come to New Zealand in vain and wasted their time. And so it's really important for us to always remember that. Um, mm. Yeah, and I just want to encourage you that you always remember, you know, behind you is a whole lot of people who support you and know and have absolute faith in you and what you do. So, yeah, I'll yeah, be checking I'm in with you to make sure that you <laughs> Thank you. I do need that. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've actually shared this, you know, in meetings and, you know, I've, I've actually said that. And I'm I'm sure half the time people are looking at me like, oh, this is so crazy. Like I talk oh, about not. how we carry our family names with us, even saying our names correctly, mm -hmm. which, well, for any teacher, 
like uppercut yourself if you're if you're saying student <laughs> names incorrectly. Yes. Like one job, yes. man, one job. But it just it's funny that you mentioned that because it just makes me think, you know, that I've shared this and you know that mm. we stand on the shoulders of giants and that we carry our ancestors. You know, we're it's a collective. We don't it's celebrate fine. one person. We celebrate victory yes. is for all. You know, yeah. um, you know, like. And mm. then if it's if it's not success, then we we like it's always the collective. It's the village, That's right? It's the people, yeah. and I, I think people don't understand that. You know, and then but like people, they just don't <laughs> understand. You know, and I and, think. Yeah, no, and it's really important too because that's our opportunity mm. in their space to to help them understand. And if they don't, we also have to be patient and know mm. that for them it's going to be a process. Mm. Because I know with some people, they do try to pronounce our names right, mm. right, and unfortunately they get it wrong. And so we have to also support them and help them get it right. But if yeah. they continue to, you know, like after how many years, then sorry, sunshine, <laughs> that's no excuse. Yeah, like you know, tonight. It's, it's so, again, you're, it's you're like, sharing all these things. It's so funny. You're sharing all these things that I'm like reminded of things at work. Because, you know, it's so funny, again, that you mentioned that because, you know, after years and years, because someone, a colleague actually, um, I mean, she like I, I, it was so awkward and I, it took a lot of courage for her, you know, like, I mean, we have, we talk and stuff, you know, to do with work, but she came up to me when I was like Friday afternoon and, and said, oh my, you know, I just wanted to apologize. And I was like, oh no, what, what happened? What did I do something wrong? What's going on? What happened? And she said, I've been, yeah. So I had to, sp I s presented just real briefly at our staff meeting on yeah. Wednesday and then she realized then, um, I guess the high school principal had kind of said my name, and she realized then she's been saying it wrong this whole time. I mean, sis, don't even get me started. When I tell people Rossa, I shorten my name to Rossa, yeah. and people still say it incorrectly. And yeah. I, I remind them, it's like the Japanese, you know, the vowels, the so Japanese vowels, like Rossa. Rossa? Rossa. Because so you know Rosa. what, I was walking around the house going Lossa. Because yeah, I love that name. No, Lossa is fine. Like, my family, yeah. they call me Lossa. Like, close, <laughs> close friends, it's Ro fine, Ro honestly. Ro but yeah, I was, you know, like, I was very surprised and I knew it took a lot of courage. I appreciate yeah. it is what I'm saying. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. it. So she did a hot, she apologized and she said, you know, please correct me. And I thought, man, you know, it took her a lot of courage to do that. But there mm. are all these other people walking around here like calling me rosa and i'm like why does my s the s sound like a z like it's not rosa it's rosa you should and record then, yourself and go my name is uh, oh, no, don't even get me started and then i noticed i noticed on the uh, document you know um every time they send out emails they're starting to put my full name and oh, I go, so you know, cool. and I go in and correct it because I'm like, how are you all going to try and pronounce my full name? You can't even say Rossa. Okay. That's all. <laughs> that was my spill. That was my event. My friends, oh my, my close friends at work, they know, yes. man, I'm the biggest advocate for names. And when people yeah. are saying, you know, people, it's like, okay, I get it. You can't say Rossa, but yeah. you better learn how to say my students' names. You know, I'm one of those. Anyways, <laughs> let me stop. I'm going off on a tangent. It's not about me. No, let me stop. But it's, <laughs> but it's, so, 
It's so funny because you know what? I was watching the game with my husband and I had to listen. So we're we're switching back between um the Sharks and I don't know what the other team oh and the Bulldogs for league yeah. and then the All Blacks in Argentina. Right. And right. oh my goodness, so with um with the or oh, maybe it was the league for women, mm. and this guy just kept going phonaki. Phonaki. Oh, oh like, my goodness. He just kept dragging the four. And I said, it's not four, it's full, Funaki. Mm. And then mm. the other guy's name is Moonga. Yeah. Moonga. Oh I know. He's done New Zealanders. Why can't they say our names right? Like our people's <laughs> oh. I know. And I'm like, dude, you've been doing this commentary yeah. for years and you're still calling them. Oh my goodness. I know. Oh, I feel I just, you. I, I hear you. That yes, yes, that right there. I just can't. So yeah, nah. It's so funny because honestly, you can ask my husband. He's like, okay, okay, and then he'll sit there and he goes, oh my gosh, it's Maunga, Maunga. <laughs> it sounds like we're calling them. <laughs> yeah, no. Man, I'm I'm really sorry. I took that that conversation way out no, there. No, that's and all right. That was so it's unnecessary. Right. Forgive me. <laughs> I was for rugby because one of the things that I do is um, manage rugby team, senior mm. teams. So I had a break this year, but oh my gosh, for some reason I kept I kept writing this girl's name wrong, and mm. my friend kept correcting me. I said, "Oh my gosh, I'm an Islander, and I still can't write." Happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so back to that line. So yeah, no. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no. I absolutely. It's yeah. You, it, yeah, the only way that change can happen is sometimes you have to be in those uncomfortable spaces and you, you know, people are going to call you Fiopoko or, you know, mm. lots of other names that I've been called, which I won't mm. repeat for the, for the listeners because <laughs> um, it's PG. Mm. Um, yeah, sometimes you just, in, to ensure that we have, you know, that we are in that space in the first place. Mm. Yeah, so I always say to people, don't invite me to the table mm. if you're not ready for what's to come. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that right now. <laughs> like, uh, oh, that makes – I th that resonates with me you so know, much. <laughs> Just be prepared. <laughs> yeah. Like, that That really – yeah. And I understand, you know, how you, you know you're – you know, sometimes it's – people are at different places in terms of this, you know, journey, especially in educational spaces, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like these conversations around, um, you know, social justice and advocacy and activism and yeah. racism and all of that, yeah. you know, the, um, misogyny, all of that, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I get that, but I mm. also believe that there are just some people who are just like holding on for dear life trying yeah. to avoid it or yeah you know and and, the, and and yeah and the thing is we we also have to be respectful of that as well because mm. they're they're uncomfortable that's not mm. what they're used to mm. so um i mean you know i know some people in my family mm. they're uncomfortable and it and it, i think it what it comes down to sometimes is lack of knowledge mm. lack of understanding when to apply it um and you know and sometimes once they know and get it then they can speak up but it's how they choose to speak up you know because mm. I know for us too it's like 
Mm, no, I don't think well, so. Okay, well, you know, because I've mentioned this before, I'm sure my <laughs> listeners are so sick of this. You know, as teachers, we talk about educators being like, yes. you know, you're just, you're, you're always evolving, you know, and growth mindset, you know, another buzzword, you know, we're, we're learners first and foremost. And so, you know, part of that is, yes, there are conversations uh, where it's uncomfortable yeah. for all parties, for all stakeholders. Yeah. But when we're talking about student-centered learning and, yes. and, and our, our responsibility to, yes. to the families, to the children that we yeah. teach and, you know, yeah. to the young adults that we teach, like, yeah, you know, then it becomes a well. Are you willing, yeah, to take that step, no matter yeah. how uncomfortable it is? Mm. I know mm. I'm sounding probably a bit bots right now. And no, that's, no, that's, no, that's, but that's it's my beef, but it's right? true though. You know, because yeah, it is absolutely true because we're you and I both. Learners. <laughs> yes, yes, but we and the thing is, when you're placed in a position of um, teaching kids. Mm. It's also a position of power. And how mm. do you use that knowledge as power to empower your children? Right. Rather than holding on to it and then thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Right. Well, then use you use, use your people in your school. Use yes. your people in your community. And, hey, guess what? Use your kids because yes. they can be also teachers themselves. Absolutely. So, you know, so Absolutely. because what you're doing is you're teaching your children to then mm. grow up and teach others, but you know you're you're teaching them to be part of a um, a society that they can function in, mm. and if you take that power away from them, well, you're failing them as a teacher. You're failing them mm. as the you know as the educator. So, yeah, now I I hold teachers in high regard, but I also mm. hold them responsible in terms of I've given my child to you from this mm. time to this time and um, I always find that the most successful teachers are the ones who engage not only in their learning but how they function like they get to know the child right. what makes them think what makes them feel what's right. happening in the home um, you don't necessarily to get personal in their home but right. you know you know the things such as what you were saying pronouncing their names properly well understanding the different properly. well yeah. exactly right the, the, um are there macrons to their name yes um, you know as yeah. uh, as the chinese uh pronunciation right is it, yeah. is, it is there a korean yeah. pronunciation yeah. um and so you know but that's all part of like the idea the different layers i've talked about this before the different layers yeah. yes. um of identity that a student brings to the classroom, like you said, that the, yeah. the language they're speaking, the the mm. pronunciation, the name, the history yeah. behind their names, yeah. you know, and even the, and their culture. So cultural, yeah. religious, neuro, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the type of learner they are. The so those are all the different aspects. So it's like, mm. you know, if we are truly keeping it student centered, and we we are, then it's you know. When we're doing that, then we, there can be equity. We can work towards equity in the classroom. That's but when it. it's all one way, and it's it's a one way street, and and the teacher is just holding firmly onto that power because, yeah, you know that I feel uncomfortable. I don't, but yet students are curious. You know they they also have issues that they are passionate about. Anyway, let me stop because I, I I will go off <laughs> on another tangent. Let, this is not about me. Let's come back to Emily. No. <laughs> yeah, but, it's fantastic. but it's fantastic when you have students who start thinking about what's happening around them, happening around the world and how it impacts them. 
It gives them opportunities to be critical thinkers. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's when, when I was talking about the culture and you talk about the different level, you know, the layers that come with them and that it's okay to ask the questions. When we talk about um, your legacy, you know, and and what this book truly means, uh, not just to your family, your extended family, but, you know, this book is dedicated to your children um, mm. and I really like um, knowledge comes with understanding what has been and the power to change what will be and I'm putting this in right now because of what <laughs> we've just been talking about but yeah. you know bringing it back to the book you know bringing it back to the importance mm. of this and what this truly means for you as a mother as an educator as a writer editor publisher who has been able to do this work Mm. And actually say to your kids, hey, look, this is mm. this is this is me. This is mm. a part of my story. This is for you. Tell us mm. about the importance of this book in terms of your legacy. Um, well, firstly, that that dedication, Dahlia helped me with it. She was mm. able to, you know, a wordsmith just right. When I originally wrote it, it sounded like that, but she just made it sound even better. Mm. <laughs> but that was the purpose of it, it's, you know, um, it was about making sure that my children understood that this wasn't just about the book and what mum went through and what all of our people came through, but understanding the sacrifices that have been made for them and for others to come and that the knowledge that we've received and that hopefully that we pass on to them, they will take it and they will use it to be able to benefit and bless others as well and that mm. that knowledge continues on and that the legacy is about the resilience of our people, uh, the legacy is the, um, the strength of our people, the strength of our families, to continue to live in a country that hasn't always and still continues to not treat them properly. Um, it's always easy to give up and hide away, but they deserve to be part, they're part of this country, you know. Um, one of the things, and I'm hoping I'm not going diverting here, but when we first moved to New Zealand, we lived in this um, house in Castle Street. And in the front of the house is a, where my left side, was um, is a tree. And my two younger sisters, three younger sisters, they, um, their placentas, planted under that tree we had a ceremony there and I remember um, my father saying we've now moved to a new motu a new mm. uh, whenua and your placentas are always connected you know there's a connection to the land and this is where your um, new roots will be you know this is your new roots where you will start your new life and that new life, that's my children are part of that new life. And this book is just a reminder of that, that you know, the planting of the placenta, the planting of our new lives in New Zealand done years and years and years ago. And that our kids remember the sacrifices that were made so that they could be here. And I, um, yeah, I'm trying not to get emotional here. The other thing is also is that I have cancer. Mm. And so I just wanted my kids um, to have a little bit of a memory of mum. And I wanted to get this out and not die 
with it to die with me. And um, yeah, it's made me think, right, however much time you have in life, just got to get things done. Um, and so that your children will remember it. And um, for me, I believe, you know, it's it, the title is A New Dawn. It's a new, new beginning. And for my children, their new dawn will be how their lives carry on, you know, when mum's gone as mm. well. So anyway, sorry. That's okay. You know, um, <laughs> you mentioned resilience and strength. And, you know, as we've already been talking, you know, discussing right throughout this interview, this idea of the collective. And naturally we always refer to us, we, the collective, mm. the village, the family. But I also wanted to point out, you know, you said strength and resilience, but that speaks of your journey. Mm. And I know you don't want me to put you on the spot like <laughs> I did right at the beginning of the show. I know. But I'm going to put you on the spot again and say, mm. you know, I must give you your flowers because you mm -hmm. are you know, you personify resilience, you know, you are strength. And I think that it's, you know, when we always refer to the collective and the, you know, what we get from that, don't, you know, mm -hmm. I just want to give you your flowers and say that you are amazing and you are power. You empower us, you inspire mm -hmm. us, you know, this is only a chapter of your journey. Mm -hmm. um, but you said a new dawn, you know, you have said this is a new dawn. This is just another hill that you are climbing, you know. So, yes, you are resilient. Let's not forget that. Mm -hmm. You are the epitome of strength. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I just had to I didn't like, want to make it. I had to <laughs> put you out there again. I had to push you out I didn't want to make it by myself. And also, <laughs> didn't, you know, like I didn't want it to be a focus because mm. it is easy for people to go, oh, so you got cancer. So yeah. you did the story because of that. And I mm. and I want to make it clear that the story was already in the development before mm. um, I found out that I got cancer. If anything, it it kind of spurred me along to make sure that the story was however, you know, however it came out. Um, mm. If it wasn't the, a new dawn, it would have definitely been something else. But the story would have come out regardless. And um, I wanted, yeah, I guess the thing that I've really continue to always think throughout this whole process is um, what my grandparents left me mm -hmm. and what I want to, you know, give to my children and also what my parents have worked hard for, regardless of their different pathways that they, that they took. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll just, how kids having that knowledge, I, you know, I just want, I, I think I'm having this, you know, this perfect world that in my mind all the time. And and I can only speak from experiences that I never, never, ever want not just my children, but any of our Pacifica kids, including Māori as well, mm. um, to ever feel that they're not good enough to be what they want to be. Mm. Uh, to really understand their history as Pacifica um, and, you know, Niue and Tong, because my kids are uh, what we call fruit salad. I haven't used that word in a long time. Um, but they're, you know, my husband's half Tongan, Samoan, Chinese. 
and he's really good at speaking both languages, not Chinese or Cantonese. In fact, my kids are really good at speaking Cantonese, which is wow. really funny. Um, and and te reo Māori. So, and, um, and I was like, what about Tongan and Yue? And, you know, I want them to be confident in who they are because I know for a lot of our young people and even our older people, um, my generation, identity crisis, you know, their identity, they don't know who they are, um, trying to fit into a society that is different from their home life. Mm. And so I just want them to be confident in that and never, ever lose, you know, um, focus of, who they are and what what their makeup is and where they've come from, their line of, um, you know, yeah, their family lines. Like you said, you know, uh, uh, just a few minutes ago when you were talking about the carrying of the family name, mm. the Kelly, you know, that and, and what that means to us. Mm. Um, and I just want our, my children to, yeah, to take that legacy and roll with it, run with it. Don't lie on it. <laughs> <laughs> don't have a snoo don't don't put the alarm on snooze like five times and then miss your lecture. Yeah. <laughs> um, miss hey, your hello, I just went off on a long <laughs> No, no, no. You are no no no, you you're great. Um so you know, self-care, this is a very important question that I ask everyone because yep. everyone that comes on the show is like super busy, you know, yep. they have families, they're just smashing yep. their goals. But for you, what is your go-to you know, I'm going to treat myself. And I know you are probably the most selfless person, but okay, that's a that's a that's a bit of an evil laugh. Please tell. Please no, tell I, us. We don't um you know, Dahlia keeps saying, Oh, you know, let's go and do a massage. Go and Ooh, do okay. that stuff. But, but I don't um how what do gives I, you joy? Self-care is also about what gives you joy. And what you know, gives that, me joy is and, and, of course, this is not self-care, um, is knowing that my children are fed, they've got a roof over their head. Um, and this is going to sound really, like, bad, like, really <laughs> bad. But sometimes I just, like, lying down on my on bed chair. or on my chair and watching videos on Facebook. <laughs> and that's okay. That can be a form of self-care. We're not judging anyone here at all. But no I judgment. also read. I also read when I can, and I'm reading this, um, you know, this book that uh, Patricia Grace has written about her life growing up, and as a as an author, which was gifted to me as a present, and um, I've you know still working through it because it's you know busy life and stuff, but I've mm. been really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, um, that's good. That's good. What else do I do? Yeah. <laughs> Clean my house. <laughs> yeah, that that gives people joy, you know. That gives people joy. Nothing wrong I do with that. Talk, I do talk to my sister when uh, my sisters um, a lot because they're they're up in Auckland and mum. Yeah, because I'm quite close to my family, mm. so whenever we can, I catch up with them. And but my sister and I, my sister Giddy, <laughs> we're always constantly messaging each other. So she goes, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm talking to you. What are you doing?" And then you know we're eating and. Talking to each other about what she's cooking because she's always cooking and baking. So yeah, mm. and it goes, Man, to, must... it goes to her little finger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your siblings must. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, dad's response, your mum's. Yeah. You know, your mum was at the launch and yeah, response from your siblings. Family. Yeah, your family. It's, 
It was really good because the thing is, um, my brother for Lau, and you, and it's really interesting. He changed his name to Malcolm because he just got tired of people mispronouncing his name. Mm. We call him Lau or Folau, or you know, especially my dad. I, I love it when my dad calls us by our names, mm. just the pronunciation. Mum calls me Eme, which mm. is cool. Um, you know, it's that sense of endearment. But yeah, they they loved the book, and so Folau was with me at that time when the dawn raid came and he was really young and giddy well her name is forgetty mm. her full name is forgetty minotti which is forget me not uh, oh. she, yeah and she was named after uh our tongan grandfather's mother who was a teacher wow. and who was the first uh english speaking tongan to teach in the first english uh speaking school taught school in tonga yeah Tonga, Tonga, Tonga. Yeah, so, mm. and I didn't know that until um, I started doing a little bit of research um, to find out my background with, you know, my family. And, yeah, and I found out that my, um, grand, yeah, my great, our great-grandmother, who she was named after, uh, was called Forget Me Not. And it's Forget Me Not, but we've changed, when Giri was born, she was Forgeti, Forgeti Me Noti. It sounds like, so good in Tonga. <laughs> I know, I love it. It does. It's a beautiful yeah. name, but it just—it's just like a whole other feeling when you say yeah. it in Tongan. Like anyway, yeah. So and then of course there's Folau. Folau is um, Junie, and then uh, um, Alisi. I'm, I'm just going to name all my siblings now. Shout and out course, to <laughs> shout, shout out to all my siblings. <laughs> siblings. <laughs> And then, of course, there's, uh, you know, Alice, Alice, and then Sile. I, I always thought it was Sarah, but uh, hey, don't don't quote on quote on it wrong people. So Sile, and then Joseph, or we call him Sefa, but I named him Jonathan when he was young. Why? And then Mum changed it to um, Joseph to Sosefa. So yeah, and then Dad got remarried to this lovely lady. Um, her name's Carol, but we call her Al. Um, Aloha, which is Aroha, and mm. she passed away earlier this year. But she was really good um, with my dad. And then they had two boys, mm. and that's Finau and um, Corey. So, yeah, eldest out of eight siblings and lots of kids. <laughs> <laughs> Get them all promoting they, the book. Get them out there promoting yeah, yeah. the book. <laughs> but, yeah, but my sister's, like, they've you know, pr been promoting. They're really proud of, proud of me. But... You know, our family have always been um, supportive of each other, encouraging of each other. I've always tried to encourage them to um, do whatever they want to do and they'll be good at it, you know. Um, sometimes they think they're older than me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, go for it, go for it. <laughs> so, um, you, oh, man, thank you for sharing about your siblings. Um, book recommendations, I, I, I know I'm just, yeah, what what do you have for us? I mean, you you have mentioned you uh you love to read. Yes, that that's what we do here. We 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 give book recommendations. When I well, I'm a bit biased, but I also think that they're great books. And I was trying to find the other two books because there's there's a link to a new dawn, and that's um Tina Samoa. Yes, Italia. Oh, and the other one which I couldn't find. <laughs> yeah, of course, was the one that her husband worked on, but she yes. also worked on is um, Tamasamoa. And you know, the I mean, it's twenty twenty two, and yeah. there's the stories from way back then is still the same stories now. So, um, I recommend them both, and of course, absolutely, a new dawn. So, <laughs> and, a new dawn. 
and new dawn everyone sorry dahlia your books are in my bookcase in the other room i don't want to leave midway through the podcast to run no. over there i should have been better organized i know i, no, I couldn't even find because and because i realized um i couldn't find um tamasa Moors because my daughter uh has it and mm. she yeah she, they read and they sleep with the books next to them so <laughs> That's cool. That's and, so you know, cool. got to do everything to promote Mila's books, you know. Yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm, you know, when you mentioned earlier, there's something and the, there are things in the works. Um, What is next for you? What can you mention or even linked to your job? Like what, um, what dreams do you still have in terms of, you know, being an author and writer? Like what do you hope to pursue yeah. Are you able to share anything? Uh, if not, that's okay. Yep. Um, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> so on the lift side, um, currently working through a couple of school journals, mm. which is, um, yeah, they're at final art stage, just, you know, can't go too much into it, but they're going to be out soon, working on those. And then, of course, with Dahlia's work, which she's posted and that I can speak about is the, mm poetry by the students i know um, yeah so i'm working with her of course our her team yeah she's got we're working on that as well so yeah and then as i already wrote another story which was mm. bizarre because normally you know i have stories that just take forever but wow. um yeah, wrote another story and a an, uh, poem and then an experience happened something happened to me the other like two nights ago right um and so i've put some of that to paper and trying to see how that's going to look excuse me um how it's going to be shaped and stuff and uh, i think most importantly is just to live life yeah man that (laughs) (laughs) i'm so excited i'm honestly and i know you weren't able to share a lot you know it's really just there are things in the work which is what excites me you've mentioned yeah. some upcoming projects already and i just you know i will continue to you know put it on blast put you guys on blast we appreciate it authors on blast yeah. like you know like we have to <laughs> we have to so people can realize and and, yeah. and understand that there are yeah. there are many of you out there working to get those yeah. stories out to get our stories um you yeah. know by pacifica for pacifica but hopefully to also engage non-Pacifica and really um, just hopefully get fruitful conversations, yeah. uh, you know, get readers curious about our stories, us, our experiences and yeah. things like that. I um, Before I go on and on. When are you going to start writing? <laughs> I, man, I, I, I just, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, can I just say something because you know how we and and that's brilliant because the thing is you know I encourage you if you if you feel you've got an idea put it down to paper one of the the best things that Joy Cowley said to me who's you know a famous New Zealand writer and the most loveliest loveliest person too I asked her um you know what she did in terms of writing and stuff and she said I just write my I just write my ideas down if something pops up, I write it down on paper. And, you know, I could be doing gardening or something. I'll write it down on paper and then I'll go to it later and then start making sense of it and start shaping it into a story. And I think that's the, once you get that in your head and how 
you know, because writers are different. People are, you know, they can find lots of different ways on how they write stories. But that was one of the, you know, best things that I got out of it. And also I got from my mentor, Don Long. And he just said, put it down on paper and then go back to it later and then just start molding it and shaping it. And then that's what good editors are there for, to make it, make sense of it and make sure that your reader um, will get it and understand it. Because it's really interesting because some people think, oh, my story is really good. And the thing is, there's some really good ideas, but how it's written or structured, you just need a little bit of um, work. As someone said, and not to be in a rude way, massage it into a fantastic <laughs> story. Right. And I'm looking at him going, massage? But I, you know, after a bit of a while, you, you, you know, you get it. So I just wanted to put that there because I know when we were talk, talking about my role, um, I said, oh, you know, have a good f a form of English. Hello, coming from this island girl. Um, but also you can write it in your own language. Yeah. That's what I forgot to say is, Write it in the language that you feel comfortable in, and I'm, I'll tell you now: we will find people, or editors, to make to make it into make sense of it when it's if it comes out in English. Because what we try to keep is to keep it as, as authentic as possible. And there are lots of um, publishers who publish in their own languages um, in the Pacific, in the Pacific, as well as here in New Zealand. So, yeah, I just wanted to, yeah, because I just don't <laughs> want people listening and going, oh. My English ain't that good. Well, <laughs> neither is mine, but hey, I'm published. an amazing editor yes. that I have. But. Yes, please, everyone. No, I don't even have to say please. Go out no. and, and buy this. Um, <laughs> buy the book. Uh, buy, yes. the, you know, support it online. Um, you know, support, hashtag support Pacifica authors. Yeah. I'm forever making up my own hashtags, but you know, so, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you but, I'm, I'm, about the, I'm about the hashtag life, sadly, but you know, that's teacher, be, that's the teacher in me. Old. <laughs> I'm like, what hashtag should I put? I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm a hashtag like everything, you know, like <laughs> just play, uh, you know, it's, uh, this is, I've really had to kind of hold, I think I told you off camera, like I have just such a bad habit of getting so excited when I'm talking to a guest and yes. I very, you know, I'm aware that this is a new book and I, I had to think carefully about uh, my questions uh, I had to oh, think carefully because I don't want to give you know I don't want to like be giving away stuff and people are like oh <laughs> pretty much told us a story but I had to really you know really kind of like calm down Rosa calm down yeah. you know now's not the yeah. time to start giving away but you will not regret this this is an educational resource you know there's obviously the history behind it uh, for, for non-Pacifica you won't go wrong with this uh, you know, yeah. we've got so many amazing uh, Pacific Island writers out there who are publishing and doing everything mm. on their own, um, you know, with their village and support crew. So support our people, man. That's what's <laughs> up. And then, um, you know, Emily, I just, I, I really, I, I, it's the time of the show where I give my thanks and I just want to say mm. thank you so much for uh coming into the space you know it's um and sharing you know mm. first of all sharing your role uh your job mm. you know uh, as an educator but through you know 
books and you know we love books here so thank you for sharing that part of your life I'm so excited to hear about that and I feel like I'm gonna start researching I'm like oh this sounds like such a cool job I would love to do something like that like yeah. that's that's what I was thinking when you were talking so well, thank you for sharing that you know well, the exciting thing is, which I also <laughs> didn't say, is a lot of the publishers who work for, you know, um, educational site are ex-teachers. And so they right, bring... I need a job. No. Yes. <laughs> Hi, me now. But Thank we, you very much. <laughs> I, I look at it this way. I'm not going to be doing this for the rest of my life, as you know. And so there needs to be... Because as far as I know, and now we've got Dahlia... For years and years and years, I was the only person of what I do in the whole of New Zealand. In the, wow. and, um, and so I always think, you know, as Don told me, there has to be, a, you know, a succession plan. So I I don't want to hold this to myself. There are now lots more um, Pacifica educated, I mean, um, editors in their own right uh, doing work and working under Don. And so... I encourage you <laughs> to have a think about it because, like I said, you also you're a, um, a teacher. You bring in that educational side, and there's the, that, what's the other thing about other than just producing the resources? We produce teachers' notes, and that's where also your experience comes in. You know what your students need and what they should be working on, and um, yeah, and so a lot of them are ex-teachers. And working on it and learning the world of publishing, and some of them have been writers, are uh, writers as well. So something to, for you to think about. Maybe even come and with Dahlia. Dahlia. <laughs> oh, I'm so I'm, so yes, that got me excited. And then just to again bring it back to you, who uh, our important guest that is with us today. Uh, mm. Thank you for being vulnerable, uh, coming into the space, and just sharing uh, your life journey. Uh, you know, the experience, you know, parts of the experience that make up this book, uh, your history, your family. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> like, it's such an <laughs> honor. Like, I've been waiting for this for so long. And I know I was just, you know, I said to you and Dahlia, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to wait because I know it's you okay. have been both been on the road, online, <laughs> making things happen. And I've loved seeing that. Mm. Um so I was, I was just like, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And when it's time, yeah. it's going to be the time. So mm -hmm. I'm glad that now is the time. Um, yeah. It's, I'm, I'll just, man, no, I'm, I'm just so so everything. <laughs> That's all for me. I'm going to hand it over to you to wrap up the show. You've already <laughs> shared so many final words and encouragement and motivation no. and inspiration. So I don't oh. know what else you might have in there no. but I'll, I'll hand it over to you to wrap up our show oh, um <laughs> oh, <goodness>. no pressure <laughs> um just thank you thank you thank you um you know for having me um it's honestly been an absolute pleasure and honor to be on your show like seriously i was nervous <laughs> i was like oh my gosh what am i gonna say because i'm like watching your podcast going man these people are cool you're cool <laughs> Everyone that They're comes amazing. on is super cool. You are one of them. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. And to be able to talk about a new dawn and um, what it means to me and what importantly it means to, you know, our community. And I hope uh, that it, you know, what I didn't talk about before, here I go, is just the discussion, the talanoa around it, 
and um, you know talking about our history and everything that was felt but the importance to um, to heal as well and allow healing it's not for everybody and I'll be honest it's not for everybody and this is not um, to push anybody right. but you know we've got you know some amazing kids and whatever they put their minds to and I think that's one thing I've learned as a parent is how success, what success looks like for us as, for me as a parent. Um, back in the days, it's to be a lawyer, to be a doctor, all of those traditional roles. But my goodness, you know, our people are amazing people in the arts and the crafts and you can be successful um, in lots of different ways. But every single bit contributes to our village that we're all part of. So, yeah. So thank you so much for having me and for pushing and promoting A New Dawn and Mila's books. I really appreciate it.